Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today, I'm joined by Dan Dembski. He's founder of Unbound Marino. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing excellent, my friend. Good. Excellent. I'm, I feel like I'm in the routine of lockdown. I'm getting the, my, my vibe on, all that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. Mm. So my first question, and one that I ask every single guest is like, Tell me about you, man. Tell me about what you do, what your business is about, and then we can go from there. Well, I've been an entrepreneur for my entire working career, if you know, after school. I just sort of fell into it. I've had a few businesses, but for the past few years, I've been focusing on Unbound Merino. It's kind of the dream business I wanted to build, and it was built out of a lot of the mistakes I've made in, in previous businesses and, and the things I didn't like about previous businesses. Even though I've had some success in other businesses, I'm like, this. I want to have a product I want to sell that product online. That's the life I want. And I looked for years. And when I discovered my own need for the products that we now create with Unbound Merino, that was like the aha moment. Mm -hmm. So since 2015, when we first came up with the idea, myself and my two best friends who are my business partners, um, we worked a way to get this thing started as a crowdfunding campaign. The crowdfunding campaign went really well. And uh, ever since then, it's just been growing. We sell in over 100 countries now. It's all online. So oh. we're a little bit resilient to the whole pandemic thing because we, we don't do any brick, or mor brick and mortar or any yeah. wholesale retail. So, uh, you know, there's challenges now, but I really am kind of living my best life doing this. I'm <laughs> right where I need to be. The product is authentically us and uh, it's going well. Good man. And I think you're underplaying the, uh, the crowdfunding side of things so if i'm right it's saying it was three hundred eighty thousand in two months that's right yeah we tried to get a fundraise we tried to raise three thirty thousand, <laughs> and we did 380 right. so that was when we knew we had i mean i'm the crowdfunding i would never downplay it it completely changed my life it was yeah. a, a hail mary we didn't have the capital to start this new idea we believed in the idea but we did a crowdfunding campaign because we thought this thing made sense, but not only did we think we can't risk starting this without a crowdfunding campaign because we don't have the capital. It's also like, we don't know if people want this. We might yeah. think this is a good idea. So crowdfunding solved those two major the hurdles to starting a business. It's like, here's the money from pre-orders. Here's the capital to start the business. And also it's validating whether the idea makes any sense, right? Like, do people want this? And this was our chance to pitch the idea and have people say they do want it, but by backing it with actual purchases. So yeah. once that crowdfunding campaign was done, we thought, holy, we actually have a business. Like this is a, this could potentially be a real business. So what was the initial um, time period that you wanted to raise that initial 30,000 30, in? We started, we just did a 30 day campaign. And then yeah. toward the end of that campaign, they, they give you an option to, an ext to extend it for 30 days. So we're like, why not? Let's just, keep it going i mean it's it's going well so how did it how did it feel when you crossed the 30 and it didn't stop it just carried on going up it was kind of like a it was like a sort of a dream it was it was very surreal because you know a lot of the first you know ten thousand dollars in sales were a lot of people i knew their friends and family sure. and we really pushed for that we really made sure that we can get at least 30 percent of our fundraising goal just so it looked like we had some momentum. We really, really rallied the support of the people in our world. But then after that initial 10,000, we started seeing orders from Germany and from the UK and from Japan and all, and all over the world. And, and it started getting really exciting. It was almost like addictive, you know, like I'd go yeah. to sleep and I'd be like, 
I'm going to check the campaign one more time, you know? <laughs> like, I was so into it because it was the thing I've waited years to do. Like, this is, I know that I want to create a business like this. And I think now we finally, like, put the key in and we mm -hmm. unlocked it a little bit. So it was super addictive. But once that two months was done, the excitement was still there. But then that was replaced a little bit of anxiety. But, well, we got this really cool start. And we we're validated that this idea we thought might make sense, makes some sense, but this is not a business. This was just a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. Until we have a website and people are going on the website and they're purchasing off our website and we have word of mouth and we have other marketing avenues that are acquiring new customers that only then will it be a real business. So we tried not take, you know, we weren't out celebrating popping champagne. Like we've done something amazing. We're like, we were given this chance now let's take it seriously and not take ourselves too seriously mm. let's go with the same the same level of anxiety that this might not work but we think it can and should work that same yeah. intensity that helped us build that crowdfunding campaign let's build a business now and we thought of those as two very different things so uh, in that two months of the crowdfunding campaign i was just high on the campaign like this is working this is working all is well all is well when yeah. it was done it was like that was time, nice. Time to do work now. Time to roll up our sleeves. Let's do this again. Yeah, amazing. And then the three years since the campaign, you've grown to what four million dollars revenue? Yeah, in our third year, and it's you know growth was stifled a little bit by this pandemic, but we're doing okay. But we're still growing. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I think right now what our our focus is is what are all the things that we were doing maybe a little bit poorly or where were, what yeah. areas were we weak in that we were taking for granted because things were really good and growing you know pre-covid mm. now since covid we did we had this big like sales dip and then we're like okay well what do we do to get it back up so now we're in this like almost like a rebuild and we're getting so much stronger and better but it, it's just it's an exciting time because so many people now are moving to a sort of digital first life and that yeah, for sure. if you're a software company or you know or an e-commerce based company all the behaviors that were some people were slower to adopt they're now adopting at a yeah. rapid rate so we're trying to say okay we have a huge opportunity coming out of this what do we do so we're working harder than ever and it feels like the crowdfunding days again like it has that excitement that like did you miss those days then um no, but I cherished them. They were so yeah. fun because it was such a, I mean, it took a year and a half to build that campaign and we would do it on weekends between, you know, running other businesses and my other business partner had a, he was a creative director at an ad agency and he has kids and how do we like squeeze the time in? So we'd meet at Friday nights at 8 PM and we'd work until either we're too tired or we drank too much whiskey, you know, <laughs> one or we, the other. Yeah. We'd meet at six in the morning before he had to go to work and he'd have to be done at eight 30, you know, yeah. we just squeeze in and then we had this thing and there was this moment of excitement. And now the fear of like, wow, the whole world is changing. How do we get ahead of this and make sure that we're resilient to it kind of like ignites that excitement a bit. So we're up late again. We're doing like, it's, it's fun, but it's wartime, you know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. For you, why is it that some, you know, like you said, so many people are trying to do, the e-commerce world trying to make it a success why do you think you you guys have made it a success over there is it just because of your products and your offering or is there something else well it's a good question i think a lot of you know in the process of when we knew that we wanted to create a product and sell it online we would go on a whiteboard and come up with ideas like and the ideas some of them were terrible and some of them might have been good but we didn't pursue 
And we were just trying to think, well, what is it that we could sell online that might work? And some of the ideas were just us really reaching like this, eh, this could work. There might be a, maybe we could find a market for this, but it wasn't until I want, like I was looking for Merino wool clothing in the way that we now make it. And I couldn't find it where I had that aha moment. There was, I've seen this before with friends of mine who have started very successful e-commerce businesses is they started it because they saw what was out there was really bad or it didn't exist. And they thought, well, why don't I bring this to the market? Because I see the opportunity. So super common. Yeah. So I felt like I, I'm going to create this crowdfunding campaign with Andrew and Dima, my two, my two business partners. And if it doesn't work, good, that's fine. Because then at least I satisfied the itch, you know, scratched the itch of maybe this will work. And on top of that, I'll have created the prototype clothing and I'll have a bunch of the clothing I want anyway. So this really was born on my own desire for this to exist. And because I really couldn't find it in the right way, not just in terms of the product, the style and the fit, but also the positioning, like the, all the brands really that did do merino wool, they were making more of an active wear kind of product. It yeah. looked that way. It was not what I was looking for. But also in terms of like the brand messaging, which matters, it didn't speak to me. So I thought like, ah, we could do this. Like we could do this. Um, it wasn't until I had that moment of clarity that there's something in the market that's missing. And I know exactly the way I want to position it. And that kept me up at night. I actually went to a business coach that I know who's a good friend. And I ran this whole idea. I said, this is why I think this could make sense. And I had another company I was starting at the time. We made funky socks. And it was not really able to get it off the ground. And I had a video production agency, which was my core business, where I took my salary from. And I pitched this whole idea of this merino wool company to him. And he said, Dan, that's amazing. That's a great (laughs) idea. But you're not the guy to do this business. Ouch. And I was like, what? Right. And this is a guy I really respect. And he really, like, you yeah. know, really, really smart guy, worked very successful companies. And he said, You're struggling to stay afloat, just like running your company and then starting up the sock business. How are you going to add a third? Like, how are you going to? The, the tr- problem is, is you're not going to do any of them well if you're, and, and he was right. Yeah. But I really, I couldn't sleep at night. I was, I was going to bed with my eyes wide open. I'm like, This is the idea, though. This is it. And everything was stacked against me, like everything. Like it was, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the energy. You know, I was starting to not believe in myself. I, I, I've, I built my career on like almost obnoxious belief in myself mm-hmm. when I was younger. And, you know, you go through challenges in business and then sort of beat that belief out of me. I'm like, maybe I'm not that great. And I was like, I was down and up. I'm like, I, I, know, I know this idea could work. Yeah. I believe Even in it. Even through all that, this was still keeping you up, still driving you on. I had to do it because because from all the things I saw, like the story just made sense. I'm like, this is the idea that this is the opportunity. I, I've seen my friends who have been very successful have this moment. Yeah. They identified this moment I'm in right now. And if I don't do it, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. So that was the one of the motivations of crowdfunding. It's like, at least I could do this to the best of my ability and it will work if people just pre-order. And mm. I don't have to risk much that I don't didn't even have anyway. Um, and I promise you, like th- I was so at wit's end with my other business that if this didn't work, I was going to go apply for a job for the first time. I-, I don't even know how to write a resume. In fact, when people apply to work with us, it's I don't read resumes. I don't care about the resume. So I'm like, how am I going to write it? But I was, this was it. This was like the, you know, that last play yeah. of the game. You see you know, the whole jigsaw. You're throwing the football. 
hoping it can get a touchdown. Yeah. And and uh, I know you're in the UK. That's weird. there's a different football over here. <laughs> that analogy, man. I'm sure you know what I'm talking rugby. about. Rugby. Anyway, like your your footballs are rugby. Yeah, yeah. So, kicking the soccer ball or football, whatever. You know, you know what I mean. Oh, wait, yeah, everyone knows what you mean. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, so that was it. So, so, so I, I, you know, I, I just went against the the word of this business coach, and I'm so happy that we still believed, and that yeah. was the powerful thing. Is like I just believe it can happen. You know. Have you spoken to that coach since? And oh like, yeah, I, I told you so. <laughs> A little bit. I don't really. I told you because I, I don't. I think it's I, I think his advice made sense. Yeah, but totally. sometimes you have to just ignore what might seem like good yeah. advice right like it, and, especially and, if it's doing what it was doing to you you know keeping you up it was that itch that you couldn't scratch that last piece of the jigsaw that you couldn't quite touch yet yeah and you know what if you really think about it with all the netflix that people watch and stuff like that it's like we did this on the sidelines you know yeah. my business partner had two his kids now are seven and five so his, they were a lot younger then like really at an age of like really just needing him to be a full-on like he didn't have the flexibility he has yeah. now, even though he still has little, you know, it still has young ones. They, he could only work Friday nights at 8 p.m. So we had to do that for a year and a half. That was the only time we could work with him. With me, it was like whenever yeah. I was done my work day. So instead of watching Netflix, I was just working on this project. It's just like piecing this thing together, you know, doing how, research, talking to people, learning, making video assets, everything I could do. And it was fun. How did you, um, how did you go about finding? business partners were they friends or were they strangers and you sort them out well they've been my best friends since grade school since the third grade and the fourth grade and one of them worked with me for ever i mean even even just the part-time jobs we used to have as kids we worked together we worked at the grocery yeah. store at the movie theater and then when Joined i the start, hips. yeah he's my right hand man and when i started my first business he worked with me from day one um right until the end and i i just knew that i needed him because he's i'm kind of like the the dreamer and a lot of the vision and a lot of the relationships and the ideas and and i came to them this is the idea he is a guy who could sit down with his head down and just grind anything out you yeah. know so we work really well together but we were really really struggling getting like how do we position this thing and it was missing some creative energy so the third business partner we brought in thinking he could sort of round out the team like we have like a good idea and a, a, we think a good market for this my other business partner andrew who's a workhorse but we just didn't feel like we had the brand we couldn't really make and he, we brought in dima and he sort of connected the whole thing together and it just worked like immediately so um it was just like but you know what right now working with them it's like we're we're really hard on each other we're mm -hmm. very candid with each other but it's all out of love we've been best friends our whole lives we're like yeah. family so it, it, sometimes people say business and friendship don't mix i will argue that till the day i die because you can really separate the business and the friendship and fuse them in any way you want and if you're really friends and you really care about each other and you want the best for each other you you're probably in a good position to be in business together because that's a good that like a partnership is is a marriage yes yeah, you have energy. to really you have to make sacrifices and you have to be there for the other person and understand mm. the person patient, but also challenge them to be better and want to see them get better and help be the person to help them see those blind spots so they can be better and grow. So I'm loving it. I, I'm so lucky that every single day I get to work with 
my best friends and we can scream at each other if we need to. And it's all out of love and things are always good in the end. So I'm happy. It's one of the best things that I have going in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. So after the, um, I want to go back a little bit, after the crowdfunding campaign finished, how what did you do to keep up momentum in terms of what was like your your channel to advertising after that crowdfunding? The, well, we were surprised that when we launched our website, we didn't do a big launch yet. We just sort of put up a Shopify site. We're still tinkering with it, adding the pictures, and we were planning a big launch so that we could say, now we're here. We've already yeah. we acquired our first 2,000 customers from the crowdfunding campaign. So we're like, let's use that in the mailing list, and then we're going to do a launch, and then we're going to figure out what our marketing is going to be from there. But once we had our website live, and but not yet announced, we went in to change some pictures and change some copy on the website, and we noticed there were already a bunch of orders in the back end. <laughs> and we're like, what? where are these people even finding us? And that's when we discovered, okay, we actually have a business maybe because the word of mouth already had some, some momentum of its own, yeah. right? So, so the word of mouth right out the gate was a thing. And also customers coming back and reordering was a thing. So we had a little bit of momentum to start. Um, it wasn't until I met a, a, a business founder here who's just an unbelievable woman. She has a company called Nixware. And by happen chance, I was at a dinner and she was there and she was telling me about the importance of Facebook ads and mm -hmm. how much it's helped her grow her company. So uh, I had a call with her and I really, we decided that was going to be our first way of acquiring new customers after the crowdfunding campaign that will, yeah. we know my old business, is a video production agency, so we can do videos and we can do photography really well. Like that was just a, an unfair advantage that we had. Let's, and Dima, the third partner that came in. He was a creative director, was a creative director at an ad agency. So in terms of like copywriting for ads, I'm like, we could just do this. Let's just do it ourselves. Let's not hire an agency. Let's just yeah. make that our thing. And we focused all our energy and only that. We weren't worried about Google ads. We weren't worried about SEO. Like just like, let's just laser focus on the one thing that we'll put all our energy into. And that was Facebook ads. And it was, and it's still amazing for us. But back then, the performance of these Facebook ads was like, it was insane. And and we couldn't keep inventory in stock. We were starting to sell this stuff wow. so fast that our biggest problem was we had to rush our suppliers and airship things in. And and just like we people would be complaining because they're like, what's the point of you running these ads? You don't have any stock. So we had to pull our ads off, restock. And that was our big problem for years. We were just selling our stuff out too fast, which is the best problem ever. Yeah, so uh, that was it. And we still a major focus of ours, but what we do is we focus on one thing at a time. So mm -hmm. it was Facebook ads, it was crowdfunding, then Facebook ads, then you know we 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 outsourced SEO, so that is an ongoing thing because it's not really our expertise, but yeah. anything we focus on, we focus all of our energy on it one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And you let's let's talk about current events then. You mentioned there's been a little bit of dip due to the uh, obviously Corona virus and and obviously a, a huge push from other digital agent digital people becoming more online and and trying to do more e-commerce. Um, how are you guys faring up? And in terms of what you're you know polishing up and changing for the future to sort of future proof yourself, what are you well, doing? Well, I'll tell you why why we took such a I mean, a lot of people took a big hit at first because everyone in the world was scared. And a lot of people yeah, were losing their income. Things right? were shut down or everything shut. Right. But the thing with our with Unbound Marino is we've been positioned as a product 
that helps you pack less when you travel. <laughs> that was our positioning. And we were really focused on that. Now it's clothes. The clothing is high performance, simple clothing. I mean, right now I'm wearing it. I don't need, it's not, you know, it doesn't only work for travel. It's great yeah. clothing for everyday life, but that was our positioning. And we spent years, especially with our Facebook ads, iterating on that messaging of, you know, how to make the perfect like travel clothing and like message. And we AB tested and we, we, we tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. And we had this beautiful, beautiful thing going, this marketing engine that all of a sudden like this, the whole travel industry is dead. Mm. And all of that tweaking and AB testing that made us come up with that really, really good marketing engine for a travel product was now complete garbage. So we went to the drawing board and said, okay, we have to pivot what our messaging is and our angle of what this brand is either temporarily or permanently. And we decided that travel has it served us very well. We've did really well, but what we are is much bigger than just a travel product. Yeah. Everything that we've pitched about what makes our clothing so great for travel, it applies to beyond travel. And a lot of our customers already know that and they buy our clothing for more than just the, the trip they're going on. So we had to go into a whole, and we're in the process of of it right now. So it, it's our website, it's our Instagram, it's all of our Facebook ads and Google ads and, and our blog posts and everything. It's like, how do we become bigger than just a travel product? So that's, so we had this big hit because everything we were was a travel brand, mm -hmm. that messaging wasn't working. And now we're clawing back out as people are starting to be comfortable to spend again in the world. This, yeah. there, there's a little bit more normalcy in the, in the world right now. It's still weird. It's a little more normal, a little more normal. Yeah. And uh, all the while we're changing to become a message that fits in. We're not, we're not going all into that. Be comfy at home. Like a lot of companies are doing right now, which is a good message. That's how everyone's living right now. We're trying to stand tall through this whole pandemic thing and envision who are we as the strongest version of ourselves when this whole thing is said and done. And yeah. we're focusing all of our energy on that and, and it's it, we've we've done well at getting back to normal in terms of like you know our our revenues and all that stuff. We're kind of back to normal, which feels great. But yeah, it must feel amazing. Well, it felt better before when we were on this like insane growth <laughs> trajectory. But I'll take but now it you're normal. doing now you're back to the drawing board, like you said. You're back in that war room. Yeah, it feels that. I mean, I'm ha I'm really happy. I'm, yeah, uh, it's one of those all, things. At the end of the day, we're becoming just so much better and smarter. Yeah, this whole thing. Exactly. It's one of those things where if it didn't happen things may have Scott's really like you might have started to slip in certain areas without right? even realizing it. Exactly. You know? Whereas this is for granted. Exactly. I think this is the same with most businesses or most business owners that are, I'd say half decent, you know, they, it, this gives them that time to relook at their business, relook at their messaging, relook at who they're working with. And the amount of people that I know that probably to be quite frank, that hate their own business, uh, it's a really amazing time for them because they get the chance to press pause and actually find out what they really want, uh, which is a unique time, like you said. That's kind of a theme for every person right now. It's not yeah. even just in business. It's like I'm just like I'm at home. I'm. I, it's important for me to stay active, so I'm trying to be active with all I have is a yoga mat and one kettlebell. That's all I have. Well, I better make it work, and I can't go out to all the restaurants and takeout places I used to like rely on. Yeah. So I'm cooking and I'm like, Hey, I'm kind of liking this cooking I'm eating pretty well, you know, and, and I'm reevaluating how I just live day to day. I think everyone's reevaluating everything. Yeah. And we're going to come out of this with a new sense of, 
a lot of people with a new sense of purpose, a new sense of direction uh, that applies to business, applies to individuals. And hundred percent. I really hope that is the case anyway. It's, yeah. Well, you know, I, a lot of people just get back to normal. You know, they're yeah, just waiting for of course. Some people never even left their normal. So yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. So if we're future pacing a little bit, then what do you want to do with this brand? What do you want to do with this business? Where is it going? Well, you know, we really have, uh, we want to grow the business. We have a lot of growth metrics that are just straight business growth goals, but really, I mean, we really believe in what we stand for and, you know, our, our, our core purpose is freedom through simplicity and all mm -hmm. of our clothing is very simple. You know, a lot of times people buy our stuff. It's almost like a uniform to them. They'll buy 10 black crew neck t-shirts. And that's just what they wear every day. And because of the, it's antibacterial and odor resistant and the way it performs, you don't need to wash it as much. Uh, it's biodegradable and sustainable. So it's better for the environment. You don't have to, you don't have to wash it as much. So you're, you're less energy consumption. Um, we're kind of like, we we've always sort of lived a kind of minimalist life, you know, I'm, as weird as it is, we're selling a product, but it, it's sort of anti-consumerism it's like we're the antithesis to fast fashion and needing mm -hmm. to keep up with the trends like everything we make we do it with the the intention of we're making an item of clothing that if you were wearing this in a picture 10 20 years ago it would look completely normal and if we're going to have a picture of you in 10 20 years from now it's going to look normal it's the classic simple apparel that like you could always wear you can dress up dress down and I just love knowing that there are people out there that buy our clothing and they sort of adopt that minimalist life where they're, they're not thinking about, I need to buy clothing all the time thinking about outfits. It's like, it's, it's creating a form of simplicity in their life mm -hmm. that allows them to focus on the things that matter, their families, the adventures they go on the trips and stuff. And that was sort of our purpose with travel. It was pack less experience more. It was about packing lights so you didn't have to check your luggage. You can just zip through the luggage carousel. Because when you travel, it's not about all the outfits you wear. It's really about getting into that, you know, that that in Germany, you want to go to that beer hall or that, yeah, that football experience. match. Yeah, so it, that's what life is about. And we've really, really honed in on that in our travel message, but it's bigger than that. Yeah. So um, while we have a lot of business goals, well, really what matters to us is really the why behind why we started this whole thing. It's freedom from my old life. I hated my old business. Um, so the business, you know, even just from a business model standpoint, caters to that desire I have to live free and to live, yeah. but but still creating value for the world. I'm not here for some permanent vacation. I like being in the war room. I like building the business, but there is a why behind it. And that is the freedom through simplicity that applies to so much more than just the clothing that we make or what our brand is. It's, it's really the way... I want to live my life. My business partners want to live their life. And that's the why. So just being behind that message and feeling good about it and knowing that that's what we communicate in our growth, um, it gives me purpose every day. And I feel like I can jump out of bed. And Your energy is amazing. Well, thank you. That's I it. got a big Red Bull right before I started. Oh, well, there we go. It's uh, there's, there's the secret between yeah. behind everything, Red Bull. They're, they, they get behind everything. Yeah, they should sponsor me. I... I, I <laughs> You look, you look like you could be like a Red Bull, like a uh, BMX rider or something. I don't know. I wasn't joking. There you go. From energy comes from. Well. Nice. It's not right. Nate. It's yeah. Red Bull. It's, if, if Red Bull want to sponsor this podcast as well, that'd be amazing. You know, I'm more <laughs> than happy. I can fill these shelves up with Red Bull. I'm more than happy to do that. 
Yeah, let's both we'll both forward this episode to Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, we'll we, do that. we get our own sure. sponsorships. I'm sure it will happen. For I'm sure. sure it will happen. Um, but listen, Dan, one of my last questions to you is: um, if if someone wanted to do what you do in terms of create that business online, e-commerce, following that really strong why message, no matter what sort of industry they're in, from your three years, four years um, of learning. How, how, what would you give them if they were sat across from you on the table? What would be like three key things that you would tell them to do? You know, the most important thing for sure is don't overthink it, just start. Because I was, I, this is not my first business. I had, I founded one company, it was pretty successful to start. My second business, I wasn't a founder, but I was a partner in and got bought out of. The third was the sock company, which I was never really able to take off the ground and then unbound Merino. And I think what's really worked well for me is just the fact that we just started and even the things that didn't work, you learn from them. You know, it's like, yeah. it's there. I, I don't regret starting the sock company, even though I probably lost money on it. Uh, I was, I'm proud of that brand. I think it was cool. But the main thing I learned from that was we started a funky sock company when funky socks were starting to become pretty cool in a lot of big cities. And that's too, that's, that's the wrong time to start a company. If it's already cool, you're too late. Mm. And if I never had that experience, I wouldn't have made the connection that this Marina wool business is not, it's, it's early. If we started this now, this is before people. And, and I'm telling you, people are really turning onto it now. There's, I, there will be a real awakening of how incredible this fabric is. It's like people think of premium uh, performance materials and they'll think they could think of like cashmere or they could think of the technical cashmere like kitten ace does which is good in its purpose it has its function merino wool is going to be like that but i felt like no people don't really know this yet so if if i hadn't started and had my own failures i would never really tune in to the things that would make it successful so i think just don't overthink things just start if you think too much, you're just, you're just going to miss the boat every time and you'll regret it. You should just yeah. start. Um, the other main thing is like, really, it's like, it, it's, it's the timing thing. People don't often talk about it. Uh, if you're trying to make the, the, uh, the next, uh, ride sharing app or something, you're too late, you know, mm-hmm. really look for that thing that you could bring it into the market in a way, not just in terms of it doesn't exist, but maybe it's people are not speaking to, uh, to, uh, People like you. I listened to a podcast with the founders of Brook Linen, and they make linen for beds, like bed sheets and yeah. duvet covers and stuff like that. And they said, like, all bedding companies were positioned towards definitely women and tended to be older women. And the guys, like, I kind of like went to hotels and felt like, man, I need to get good bed sheets. But there was no brand that spoke to like younger people, that maybe more gender neutral men too. Very true. So it's just they, they're just selling bed sheets, right? They're not inventing anything, but they're creating, they're giving you really high quality ones, but their positioning was to new people, right? Mm. So I think that really understanding like where you could fit in and the timing of that really matters. Uh, and then the third thing is just belief. Like if you don't believe no no one's gonna believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And sure. sometimes and, and sometimes what I would do is even when I had my doubts, I'd suppress my I would never mention them to other people. I would never say, I don't know, you know. I would always be the guy that's like, this is gonna work. And I believed it. Sometimes I sort of had a little bit, but I I, I quieted the doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really powerful force. It's just the your you frame your mind around the belief and get at it because that was contagious to my business partners who 
to varying degrees still believed in it, but not like me. Like, I'm like, this is going to work. Dima is what he actually said to me after. He's like, honestly, I can't believe it worked. I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't? You didn't think it was going to work? Why were you spending all this time? He's like, I don't know. Uh, it was the most fun I had every week. You know, after going to his job, which he didn't want to go to, and then yeah. he loves his kids, but it's a whole lot of work. And then his kids go to bed on Friday night and crack the whiskey and hang out with his buddies. That was all he cared about. But he was, the if I didn't believe, there wouldn't be that energy in it. So you have to believe in yourself and convince yourself that it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It, it's a really powerful force. For sure. Totally agree. Dan, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if anyone wants to like find out more about you, get on your website, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, our, we can find us anywhere like Instagram and Facebook and such as Unbound Merino, M-E-R-I-N-O. And I'm Dan Dembski everywhere, D-A-N-D-E-M-S-K-Y. And I'd love to connect with people. Perfect. And I want to thank you for having me and thanks to our sponsor, Red Bull, for keeping the energy <laughs> going, you know? Thanks to Red Bull for making sure this had this put putting us together and making this a thing. Yes. But thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. And, My pleasure. Uh, thank thanks you. everyone for listening and watching this been Founders 365.